Meet Blanca, a serial entrepreneur that has recently landed in Serbia with a new project after living 10 years in San Francisco. She will share why she decided to leave the United States, how she reinvented herself once again, and why she chose Belgrade to settle down. We also dig into the challenges of enjoying life, even when you are so passionate about your job. It was an incredible conversation for Zoe and me. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Keep rocking. So uh, here is one more episode of She Rocks. Uh, this time we have a guest from Europe uh, because she is now based in Europe and born in Europe, but she really uh, went across different countries. Uh, so we'll have, uh, uh, you'll hear more about it. Uh, so I'm here joined with Maka, who is uh, having uh, a cold and some uh, health issues. So she might be coughing this time, but that's all good. Uh, it's all perfectly imperfect. Hello, hello. And uh, we are very proud to introduce Blanca Schuppe. Uh, hi, Blanca, and welcome to She Rocks. Hi, thanks for having me. I really uh, am excited for this podcast. Uh, it's our pleasure indeed. And as we usually kick things off, and I'm sure our listeners uh, are eager to hear uh, more about you. So can you please uh, share and introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Um, so let's start first from the beginning, I guess. Uh, so I'm actually Serbian, half Serbian, half Croatian, grew up in Russia, lived there for 20 years in Moscow, and uh, then lived for 10 years in San Francisco, where I ended up working for a lot of different tech companies uh, as a marketer. And then uh, until recently, I was introducing myself as a marketer, startup founder, and startup advisor. But now I can also introduce myself as the founder of the co-working space in Belgrade, which is a completely new journey for me. Um, so, yeah, I guess now I would introduce myself as a, as a founder of co-working first and foremost. Uh, so we can actually say that you just became a serial entrepreneur because this would be your second business. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, slightly different. So it's not um, as much in tech, but it is targeting the tech community and the startup community here, um, which became more and more important to me over the years. And especially after after the pandemic, when uh, I and I guess everyone else felt very isolated. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. That's true. So Blanca, um, this this is a quick follow-up question, but uh, you are, when it comes to this entrepreneurship topic, so you firstly had started, first you worked with a lot of startups and uh, entrepreneurs, then you had your own startup, then you continued working as an advisor to, again, entrepreneurs mostly. And now you are in a different type of entrepreneurship. Can you tell us uh, what are the main differences, but maybe keep it to the way it makes you feel? Like, how, do you, how did you feel during your first uh, business, growing your startup? And how do you feel growing the co-working space? Oh, that's a good question. So I think that when I first did my own startup, after even working for a lot of startups, it was completely different. And I felt... Like, you know, I had to learn everything from scratch. I felt like I have no idea what's going on. And it just 
suddenly dawned on me what kind of responsibility it is to be um, a founder and have responsibility for others in the business and um, trying to grow something. And uh, uh, I'm not even sure that the first time around I was really ready for it. Um, but after going through that, I felt a complete completely different sense of empathy for other founders <laughs> and other businesses and startups trying to make it. And that's somehow how I was drawn actually in starting um, to be an advisor for startups because they were coming to me and asking me for one advice and then other. And I, I just felt like I needed a better system to try and help. And I felt I was ready to kind of give back. Um, and it was nice to... Um, still do my own thing be a founder or a marketer but be able to help others um and learn actually what they are doing i felt like i was becoming better as a founder and as a marketer myself by learning what others are doing trying to help them but i would say now in this journey as a founder of a co-working space it's again a completely different thing and uh it's for me, it is a lot about giving back um, to the community and actually trying to connect people and help them and kind of, I guess, help them help themselves as well. Uh, and I've always been really good. Like that's one one of the things that I was really good at is connecting people. Um, and so right now, it just feels um, different in a way that it's not just doing like a startup. Um, where you know you have to deal with uh trying to market it in a different way and like trying to i was mostly in b2b uh and SaaS, and it's a completely different game when it comes to like, you're focused a lot on sales demand generation it was always my focus uh, here i'm actually learning what people care about when they you know when they are considering a physical space they're in so right now i'm focused a lot on actually hosting everyone it feels like i'm a 24-hour host and i'm inviting everyone into my home and being like hey you know uh how can we make this space uh, nice for you and it's on one hand feels very gratifying on the other probably completely terrifying because it's not something i've done for the last you know how many, whatever, 13, 15 years of my career. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I do feel a little bit terrified, but it's also that much more gratifying because you you realize you're on one hand creating a community uh, of people, but on the other hand, also helping them feel inspired, productive, um, by creating a space where they feel welcome. And it's just... Uh, a completely different feeling. I feel you, Blanca. I love to listen to uh, all that energy about creating a community <laughs> and what it what it gets to get there. Um, I have a question because the, the kind sure. of persons that are like these kind of people that connect others, that help others, mm -hmm. that our job it's about creating opportunities for others and facilitating. How uh, how do you re relate that, or how do you? Uh, face the challenge of the of the balance with your personal life with your personal self-care mm. because I don't know maybe it's it's my mindset but I tend to think that the people that, that we tend to take care of others all the time we sometimes have uh, issues or challenges on how we take care of ourselves and set boundaries mm. share about a little bit about how you do, do you deal with that balance 
That is another actually really good question. I do notice that about myself that I often, especially if I feel some really excited about uh, what I'm doing or what somebody else is doing, or I tend to even get really excited about new people I meet and trying to help them. Um, so I can't say that it always works to sort of uh, put my needs first, but I I think over the years I've just learned to uh, make sure I focus on on uh, situations and and people that uh, actually bring me energy rather than take the energy. And um, even in in the current in the co working space, we've also you know we're talking to all potential residents right now and interviewing them to make sure that they are ready to contribute. So they're not just taking, uh, but they're also giving back. So for me, it's, I don't mind investing a lot of energy into people or certain situations if I know that I'm going to get um, this energy back somehow. Um, it doesn't mean that it's always a perfect balance and sort of taking care of myself, but, uh, you know, I typically try at least um i wake up really early so in the mornings i try to put like at least one goal of what am i going to do this day that is just for me whether it's just like a walk doing my nails or uh going for a coffee at a place i really like and i try to do at least one thing that day just for myself um and it helps because it just uh, it kind of reminds you to be a bit more in tune that you also have wants and needs that day. Um, but I, as I said, like as a founder, it doesn't always happen that it like perfectly works. Some days are tougher than the others, but I try. That's a great tip. I will, I will I, use it for my own life about <laughs> doing at least one thing daily. That's only for yeah. me. That's that's great. Thank you. I love the tip as well. And I was uh, also uh, putting a mental note uh, to myself. It's a great tip. We should all start the day uh, with it. Thanks, Blanca. Um, so just to uh, add something very interesting on this call. Uh, so basically both Maka and I were also co-founders of a co-working spaces in our country and uh, uh, cities. Uh, so uh, we get the feeling when you were talking about the community. So that's why Maka also asked the question because sometimes being surrounded with, with people um, in our co and from eight to eight, at least for 12 hours a day, uh, it can be uh, overwhelming. And it can, and when you see that, whatever, and every, every time somebody has an issue, you know, like either with the internet or with the, the electricity, or they just don't feel well, or they don't like the coffee, or, but daily there, there are um, hiccups. And it's very difficult, you know, to, to take care of others and then not allow that to, to be uh, your, you know, like to, to attach it to your own worth and to your, to give it a, a bigger value. But uh, um, I'm sure, as far as from what I've seen, I've had the pleasure to visit the co-working space and meet some people. I, I love the energy and I think you're doing a great job. So keep on. Uh, so um, Blanca, how does it look uh, like to move from, one culture, which is Russia, 
to San Francisco, which is, uh, uh, I would say, not just the U.S., but uh, a special type of uh, U.S., and then uh, to decide two years ago to go back uh, to Belgrade, Serbia. So can you maybe tell us, uh, so when you went to San Francisco, you were very young, and then uh, uh, now you are still young, I would say, but still, uh, like, how do these decisions uh are they easier or harder as you grow older? Well, it's interesting. So um, because my parents moved me at a very young age to Russia uh, and I grew up in Russia thinking, well, we're going to stay this, you know, one more year, one more year. And I kind of never felt like I'm permanently there. And I never felt as a Russian. I always was aware I was a foreigner. I think I generally am used to feeling like a foreigner, nowhere, no matter where I go. And it has pluses and minuses to it because on one hand, I feel extremely adaptable. Like you put me into a different culture in a different situation and I'm not going to uh, be freaked out. I'm going to figure out like, okay, how, how do I uh, make sure I, you know, fit in or at least I feel comfortable um, here so moving to San Francisco, honestly, back then, I mean, I was like 20. I was like, doesn't, doesn't matter. I just came and I was like, it's totally normal. I used, I used to travel from a very young age by myself. And uh, it didn't dawn on me until like a year um, after when I realized, oh, I'm actually staying here and I, I don't necessarily have uh, somewhere to go afterwards. And I was like, okay, I need to start... Uh, adapting and can I feel like a San Franciscan can I feel like an American and it had its challenges because as you said San Francisco is a very particular place it has people from all over the world and on one hand it has a culture um, that is very focused on IT uh, but it's also and it has a lot of diversity in terms of people from all kinds of countries but in terms of diversity of like most people are in IT uh, and certain age. So it feels like a weird place to even try and build a life. And most people end up somehow um, moving somewhere else in the Bay Area or uh, other cities. So honestly, for even though I lived there for eight, 10 years, I always felt like this, this is not going to be the where I'm going to stay. And I never in the end felt, I felt like this is my home, but I never felt immediately like this is where I belong or this is where um, I can settle down. Um, and after a while, for a lot of reasons, uh, it just felt like I wanted uh, a place where I can um, also enjoy my life rather than just work and uh, work in tech. And I've you know, I've had a great career there. I um, learned a lot and I felt like I wanted to move on. Like it felt like there was no place to really grow from a personal perspective. I just felt like I'm stuck in this mindset of I need to just do more and more and more in terms of work. And I honestly, with age, started feeling like I actually want to enjoy my life as well. <laughs> and uh, people around me were so stressed by becoming, you know, they had to become millionaires and they had to raise money and everyone's talking about fundraising. 
and all of that. And after a while, I just felt really exhausted by everything. And I'm not even talking about other part of it, which is a lot of social issues that San Francisco has. So I don't know, to me, it was like a no brainer that I was going to move back to Europe. I wasn't sure where. So my plan was I was going to travel around and decide on a perfect place uh, for myself. <laughs> uh, and then I went to Berlin and two weeks later, everything lo- you know was in lockdown. And I was like, this is the worst time I could have moved <laughs> uh, to a new place. So um, I didn't think I was going to live in Serbia. I, it just It just happened. And... I can't believe I never thought about this because it ended up being the best decision for myself, actually. Uh, I I was drawn to actually learning more about my roots and my families here. And I've discovered uh, my family in Croatia, which before I never even identified as half Croatian, even though I am. So for me, it was like kind of the life gave me this chance to to learn more about myself and potentially also get more to like enjoying life rather than what I would like my personality in the U.S. was completely different to who I am now uh and I haven't decided that oh I'm gonna stay forever in Serbia but I decided for the first time in life I'm staying here like I need to make that decision because it's tiring to always feel like oh I'm just here for a year I'm passing by and I I I didn't enjoy that so Right now is the first time I, I I feel I'm exactly where I want to be and exactly where I need to be. Thanks, Blanca. I have one question. This, this is uh, as a fellow Serbian, you know, I, I, we are very happy to have you here. But one Thanks. question: Do you feel uh, like a foreigner here as well? Uh, it's um, yes and no, I guess, because on one hand. I often feel like I don't have that cultural background. I have not watched, you know, the same movies. Like I, I grew up in Russia. So a lot of my cultural background is more Russian. Um, but comparing to actually anywhere else in the world, I feel like here, my perception is people don't tend to divide it like us versus them. And it, it actually feels a lot more wel- welcoming here. So I don't feel necessarily 100% um, like a stranger. I feel a little bit as a foreigner still, just because there's um, just lack of context sometimes. But comparing to the US or Europe, I don't feel like it's a it's like a, a disadvantage. I actually feel here very welcome. And that's a that's that kind of offsets that feeling. Awesome. Maka, you wanted something. Yeah, I, I need to I need to share in this conversation <laughs> that if I if I should pick a country or a city or to live in Europe, of course it would be Belgrade. Of course. Yeah. No, and I want to share with you, Blanca. I'm from Uruguay, Latin America, and whatever. And since I put a foot on Belgrade, I felt at home. It was something like yeah. very magical because I don't speak Serbian. I don't understand Croatian yeah. or anything. I only speak English and Spanish. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it was a very overwhelming, but very cozy feeling, not only mm. because of Zoya and her family and her friends yeah. that they made me feel like I, I was part of the family since the minute I was there, but 
I don't know, it's something about the city, the people. Uh, I, I felt yeah. for me, it was very similar to Montevideo that it was my city on the other corner of the world. So I understand that. And, and thank yeah. you for share, sharing. And I, I was listening to you and I also come from that startup world that they, I don't know, in a way, I don't know how it, we start believing that the only way to live or the only way to be successful, uh, it's about uh, fundraising, about the VCs, yeah. about uh, how many rounds or see, no, in which stage yeah. it's a startup, you're going to be a unicorn or not. And I'm quite mm -hmm. sick talking about unicorns because they don't exist. Yeah. We are people yeah. to make the best of it and trying to yeah. solve challenging and important problems or uh so i love this view ab about enjoying life because at the end of the yeah. day what's the most important thing and that's, that's why all that matters yeah exactly that's why i want to ask you what which is your definition for success oh i think that um in the end for me it is about knowing that it was like when if in a few like when I'm older and like I look back at my life that I feel like I've taken the opportunities that I wanted. I enjoyed um doing things even if I failed and um that I don't actually have regrets. I always feel like it's better to do things than not to do them and then regret it. So for me it's kind of the overall feeling that I was not shying away from trying new things or doing things that I wanted just because I wanted them, you know, not because it was, you know, going to bring me money or it was going to, um, I don't know, make me famous one day or something. But it's just that something that I really wanted to do that time and I did it. And I think that in the end, that's all that matters. Like my own definition of I enjoyed my life and I did maximum of what I, you know, I, I could. We could be great friends, Blanca. I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, another question regarding this about um, how do you live it? Um, what uh, advice would you give uh, to somebody that it's uh, in this world about uh, startups and stuff? Mm. Uh, because I don't know, for me, it was too late when I realized that important things were the ones that were happening daily in my life and not mm. that lighthouse like the company whatever uh, and you are talking about reinventing yourself that i believe mm. it's a, a superpower you have and i would like you yeah. to tell our audience uh what suggestion tip or whatever you want to say to that people that they are trying to reinvent themselves or they think they have only one life or only one job um mm. what would you say to them uh, you know, one thing that I've learned, uh, even in San Francisco, as I was raising actually the, the, the round, was that even the the biggest investors, actually, typically, they always say this, they don't invest in founders that have not failed before. Uh, and so I would say, don't be afraid to fail. First of all, just just two things, try things and don't overthink it in terms of um, whether this is a good idea or not, or like uh, go from what your passion is and what you want to do and what you think um, would bring you joy. And you'll find a way to make it successful, actually. And the other thing is, and this was a recent revelation for me, is 
sometimes I feel like people are so worried about failure, but oftentimes actually the other side of it, people are really afraid what's going to happen if they're successful and they don't say it, but there is a lot of um, almost like false advantage of not being successful right in their head. So I would say, uh, try to imagine what your ideal scenario looks like. Imagine it as if it's already happened. Uh, like you are already successful, whatever that means to you and describe it to yourself. Once you describe it, you know exactly, I'm pretty sure you'll know exactly how to get there. Amazing. I love those visualization exercises. <laughs> They're very useful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what frightens you, Blanca? Oh, I think that it depends on the day. There are a lot of smaller things, of course, but um, I think that just from my past experience, I never want to be in a situation again where I am too scared to lose things or to fail. Like I've, I've gotten to certain points in San Francisco where I had a really successful career. I was married. Uh, I had this sort of picture perfect life that I thought I had. And it became, I became sort of trapped in this where I felt really scared of losing it, um, even though I might have not enjoyed it anymore. And now I am, as I'm changing sort of my life now, and I'm uh, again trying kind of very different things and building out a different life here. Uh, it frightens me to think that I, I'll again get to that point. So I'm kind of really mindful of that. And do you have some strategies how to cope with it? Because I'm sure the one I'm not going to get attached to anything is not the right one. But if you sound like a person who maybe did uh, figure it out in a way, the strategies to avoid I don't think there's like a, you know, whatever it's called, a silver bullet for this. I think it's um, it, it, it's kind of just checking up on how you're feeling. And if you ever feel like, oh, my God, I am not like this is going to be the worst thing ever if I lose this or if this happens, if I fail or, um, you know, whenever you start picturing these bad things that happen to really check in with yourself and, and, and try to understand where this is coming from um, and kind of actually maybe imagine even worse scenario and try to always go to like what's the worst that could happen and realize that it's not that scary actually and that you know you figured it out before you can figure it out again and it's um, it just sounds bad when you're in the moment but actually if you start like bringing up into like, smaller bricks uh, it might be easier to say like oh no actually even if this happens uh, I'll figure it out yeah the, the magic what's the worst thing that can happen practice it it has helped me in in numerous scenarios so uh, thank you for pointing it out I think we also heard it a few times on this podcast uh, is there any challenge that you are working on right now that's related to this? It doesn't have to be related to what frightens you, but maybe like we always like to have in this episode to also mention some things that we still haven't figured out and are in the process of figuring it out. So is there something that you are, that's a challenge for you 
Uh, it can be some basic thing like I'm trying to drink less wine <laughs> or it can be something related to work, like whatever comes first uh, to your mind. You know, I mean, I think that uh, I always have a tendency to kind of dive into like whatever I'm the most excited, like, you know, now I'm doing co-working. So like I'm putting, trying to put myself um, as much in, in it. Um and I know you asked me sort of a little bit, how do I balance taking care of myself versus um, sort of the business side of it? But there's another element, which is like personal life and just making sure uh, I'm not forgetting about my friends or my you know private life and things like that. That to me still um, is a challenge, something I'm trying to figure out because um, it often feels like it's hard to prioritize these things and especially if I'm in the moment and super excited about something I feel like well this can wait I can just uh, put it on the back burner but maybe eventually I'm not when I look back at my life I'm not going to be happy about that decision so I'm always mindful I'm still trying to figure out haven't yet figured it out (laughs) I love the one great yeah, sorry, Maka, that's actually one of your great examples. But also, for example, what, what I'm sure happens to all of us as we mature and as we grow older, our stack of friends changes, you know, they are, they're the ones that from early childhood that still stay, but a lot of them at some points get to, to uh, different roles. And I recently learned to accept that as well. But one example that I love from Maka is uh, how she once mentioned like when she was really into her uh, co-working space and building it and growing it and was very dedicated she at some point uh, looked around herself and like she had the time tried to find time for her friends getting kids and getting married and getting divorced but she realized that some of her friends didn't find any time for her co-working space, you know, to go and visit, to support her. And I think that's also sometimes uh, very important for ourselves to do a check-in because if that's something we are passionate about, whatever it is, is it work, is it uh, a dog or is it uh, uh, anything? Like, I think our friends should acknowledge it and support it in the best way they can. So especially when you are starting out a business. So that, that's also a good point to make. I I completely agree. And actually, interestingly enough, this whole journey of uh, opening the co-working really showed to me, you know, which friends showed up for myself, like for me, and they actually helped me, whether this was like a friend who was, you know, walking my dogs, actually, because I couldn't (laughs) do it, or, um, you know, bringing me even lunches, like, I mean, smaller things, it doesn't, it didn't um, always had to be something big, but I I really noticed it. And I, uh, because I'm the type of person who always takes care of others, and I, I really like doing it, it was nice to actually feel that love and support back. Um, but it also showed people who potentially were not ready to do that. And uh, and that's okay. It's not, it doesn't necessarily, I think, make them bad friends or, or anything, but it just um, 
to me, I, it shows me who, who who's my support, actually, who I can rely on uh, in tough situations. So I 100% agree. Yeah, support systems, we didn't touch that, but I think... Uh, uh, you just ended with it perfectly. It's it's something that keeps us sane and keeps us successful in however we define success. And just to um, a final wrapping up question, uh, we heard some great things that you did, some great things that you learned. Uh, but if you could uh, explain it to us shortly, what is it that makes you rock or that makes Blanca Blanca? Wow. <laughs> um, that I, I think I need to think about that. That's a it's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure that there is this even one thing. I I feel like it's a compilation of all of my experience and all of my successes and failures. Um, and I would be lying if I said I 100% figured out Blanca is this or who I am because I feel like I'm changing a lot and even like if I look at myself two three years ago it was a very different person and I think that what when I actually was thinking about even opening this co-working space I was thinking like what are my values what are the things that I care about and I realized that um sort of curiosity and trying to constantly learn and figure out and sort of, as you said the word reinvent yourself is something that keeps me going is something that uh drives me so maybe that's part of it but i don't think that it's who i am and it, 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 i feel like i'm a compilation of a lot of things in my life and it's still gonna Hopefully, there's going to be a lot more things that are going to happen in my life that are going to eventually, maybe when I'm going to be writing my biography, it's like when I'm over 60 and something, I would be able to say like Blanca is blah, 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 blah. But uh, right now, I'm still in this journey of discovering um, what makes me me. Amazing, Blanca. So amazing to meet you. Thank, Thank you for this conversation and for your time. Uh, so yeah, thank you for leading this conversation also and introducing Blanca to Sri Rock's global community. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was awesome. Thank you, Blanca. Thank you, Maka. And let's all of us keep growing and evolving and learning who uh, being true to ourselves at every point, even if it changes. Uh, thanks and uh, see you for the next episode. She Rocks Global is a podcast collaboration produced by Maka Botta, Nwabi Samayema and Zoya Kukic. This episode of She Rocks Global was recorded remotely and was mixed by Priya Patel of 400 Seats. Theme music for this podcast is composed through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sigasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T Luminous. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases perfectly imperfect women from around the world. You can contact us through our LinkedIn and Instagram accounts, handle She Rocks Global. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, keep rocking.